Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galtz. And today we talk with Mr. Chris Anatra about his company's grocery store software system, which recorded Mandela effects when product names changed on its users and even the computer programmers themselves. That experience led Chris to uncovering the metaphysical mystic world of traveling between the multiverse and trying to navigate to the highest version of Earth where Christ consciousness, parallel realities, and Star Trek is our every day. So with that, Chris, welcome to Prakava Chakra. I am so happy to be with you, Von Galsford. This, this is a pleasure. Oh, thank you. I um I I love the work that you have been doing. And um, you know, more and more people in a lot of different professions at the highest caliber of their industry are coming out with the metaphysical books, with the their side hustle of the six sense consultations and just so many different things. So so it kind of blows off this this formerly taboo t- subject of being what they would call woo-woo or pseudoscience, but it's basically all science and we can prove it. But as more and more people get into the space because the frequency of earth is raising and consciousness is raising, uh, this stuff is, is sought after. So before we dig into your company's work um, and what happened to your software company, can you tell us a little bit of how you even got into this in the first place? Yeah. So like you mentioned, the Mandela effect was was part of it. And I had another really weird experience before that. What happened? Where, well, it was it was the year, I believe it was 2016. And, and at the time, my ex-wife had asked me if she could use my backyard for like a, a gathering she was having. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't think so. And she's like, please, can I use it? So I'm like, oh, all right, that's fine. And so they were doing these different types of like exercises. It was like a some kind of a related to Tantra or something like that. And one of the exercises was eye gazing. And they mm-hmm. said, Chris, do you want to be part of the eye gazing? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and they they finally convinced me to do that. So we had to line up, you know, with our backs to everyone, you know, and then we had the person behind me, I thought I was going to do the eye gazing with, but that's not what happened because we all had to shift over like two spaces. And then when I turned around, there was this um, 
young lady, she's probably 25 years old and she had these big green eyes and we, were, we started the eye gazing and about 45 seconds into it, I almost passed out mm. and I'm like, I'm really sorry. I'm dizzy. I don't know what's going on. I go, I go up into my bedroom and I sit down on the edge of my bed and I look up and I see two feline cat people, humans. And I'm like, did somebody just install a holographic projector in my bedroom? Like is someone playing a joke on me? <laughs> And, you know, there was a male and a female and the the male was like dressed in a blue, like military outfit mm. and like a, a feline head, but humanoid body. And the person next to him must have been his wife, but she was wearing a beautiful blue dress and she had a ruby on her forehead. And I was thinking to myself, what the heck is this? And then, you know, so I'm asking my friends, you know, you know, what could this possibly be? Most of them are saying like, you need to get medicated. <laughs> this isn't normal. But I'm, but I was like, but I feel totally normal. Like I just like anyone else, all of a sudden you look and you see something and it's there. Mm -hmm. So then that got me introduced to the Akashic records because somebody said, oh, I bet you're tapping into your Akashic records. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Akashic what? I, I, I never heard of Akashic records before that time. That's how far I was out of this whole thing. I was running my software business, food distribution, you know, finding the most efficient ways to move a pallet of avocados from point A to point B. And so mm -hmm. started with that. And then these Mandela effects started to hit me. And that really was like, like messing up my mind because I couldn't make sense of it. So that's, that's basically like the synopsis of how I got started with this. Okay. So that was your first experience that kind of um, got you towards your spiritual path. Like you weren't spiritual before. I'm not talking religious, like beyond religious is spiritual but you weren't at that path before i really was not um oh. it's almost like i had to be like shaken awake like wake mm. up Chris. Like, so yeah that, i had to have some really things that were right there in my face for me to begin to like wake up and get out of the trance i was in of this you know of the matrix so to speak uh -huh. to go to another level yeah so a couple questions about that because i like to understand the experience that crossed you over to this aspect of your of your sojourn so when you had that experience did they did these two say anything or send any any images or messages to you or was it just to show you they there they just stood there like i said it was like a holographic projector and then what started happening after that <clears throat> and maybe it lasted for 30 seconds no longer than that then they just kind of faded away and then from that point forward, what would happen is I would like in the evening, I would like close my eyes like before bed and just kind of go like this, putting my hands on either side of my nose. And I'd see these 10 second movie clips playing in high definition color and people would be saying things, but I couldn't hear them. I could only see I could only see the scene. I couldn't hear what they were saying. So that was like another level of like, what, what are these scenes? And it was so creative that it's like it's the type of stuff that you can't even like I'm I say that I'm not even creative to make any of the stuff up like the scenes that I saw so it was quite amazing well what kind of images were the most profound ones that you saw can you describe them oh man I saw stuff from World War II um I saw stuff from Egypt I saw myself like mm. at the precipice of a of a crystal pyramid like speaking in front of people and another being standing next to me um yeah I I saw like um I talked about like the feline races 
I saw like myself with canine races and trying to do something, convince them of something and like doing like some kind of a public speaking before them. And actually, I kept a, a journal of all the different things that I saw. And at some point, I'm going to put this together into a book and like tell my story, so to speak, and mm -hmm. what, what the possible meanings of all these things might be. Okay. So you saw some images of possibilities and you saw images of different existences that you, you experienced. Um, yeah, now. On Earth and off Earth, too. So not just okay. this planet, but on other planets, too. Yeah. What what other planets did you see that you remember the most about? Um, I don't know what the specific planets were. They were, well, I do know, I do know where, what, where one was. One was from um, Aldebaran. And another one was, had to do with before I came to Earth. So, yeah, so those were two that, like, really stood out. Okay. And what happened to the planet Aldebaran? Um, that's um, that's a, a planet that has a lot of interesting history to it. Um, there is the story of, well, some people have heard of Archangel Michael. Mm -hmm. The story of the family of Michael. There's not just one Michael. There's actually a, a family of them. Um, so it had to do with like me being part of something that was there and speaking in front of a, a crowd of people. Again, it's always like all, all, all these things that I've seen is always like me speaking in front of a crowd mm -hmm. or a lot of times I see armies and sometimes like some of the armies that I would see, I look at their uniforms and I would be like, I've never seen a uniform like that. So I'd go on to Google and I'd look at like, I'd just scroll through like uniforms of armies from the past. I'm like, no, 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 mm -hmm. no. That's it. That's that's what I saw exactly. And which so, which which uniform did you, did you pick up? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave some of those details out. I don't, okay. I, spoiler alert: You have to wait for my book. Oh, are you writing the book right now? Um, I'm I'm in the process of of getting all those notes together. Yeah, so, it takes some I, time to organize. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time doing my symphony of realities videos, and I'm gonna probably do one more. I've got like a. a another one I want to do. And then I want to focus completely on the book. So. Yeah. Yeah. So some more to come. Well, that's exciting. When you get yeah. that book, hit me up. I want to interview you about that and have a book interview. So okay. planet Deboron, I am curious. Um, did it blow up or not? Um, no, I'm not going to say it blew up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I've had some um, quantum Hypnosis and six sense clients that are plagued by memories of their um, former lives in different planet systems that blew up for from different um, feuds that they were involved in. So yeah, I was even, curious about that. Even in our solar system, the asteroid belt is said to be from the planet Maldek. So, yeah, exactly. Okay, so when you had these experiences, did you start seeking me metaphysical information to study and get caught up to try to explain what was happening? Yeah, I'm still getting caught up. <laughs> there's, so, there's so much. There's so much to learn, and sometimes I'll speak to people that have been like into this field for a long time, and they'll use terms that I just never heard before. So I've been, yeah. There's a lot of like research and understanding, and me getting to like another level so I can make sense of it. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, there, there's a lot, there's a lot to learn and there's still a lot. To, I'm, I'm still always um, remembering information as well. And I've been doing this for 43 years and I'm still remembering new information that I come across. Like, like, like when you see certain information, it triggers a memory and then all of a sudden you have a knowing and then you right. just talk about it. Like it's a memory that you already experienced. Right. So you, do you get those recalls a lot when you see something you're like, oh yeah, and this is how it happened and that's how it happened. This is how you do it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you get kind of those those downloads. And for mm. me, it's usually like when I first wake up or I first go to sleep. That's usually when it's 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 easier for me to get into that hypnagogic meditative state and then mm. flows too. Oh now um I wanted to I, I've watched a couple of your interviews and you do this blinking thing with your eyes a lot. And this actually is part of um an effect that happened to you after your series of awakenings. Um, so you had these awakenings about five or so years ago, but then this happened to your eyes. What happened to your eyes? Yeah. So, um, my vision was always like really good. 2020 at one point I was 2015. So like really good vision. And there was one time I woke up about five years ago and everything was blurry. It also coincided with the, with the time when I was getting visions and so forth, went to doctor's um optometrist nobody could figure out what it was they thought it was allergies finally i went to an eye surgeon and mm-hmm. he was able to pinpoint what it was um but it's it's something that's they say it's a hereditary disease called keratosis and um keratinosis and but no one in my family has that everyone in my family has really good eyesight so mm-hmm. even my parents that are in their 70s they don't wear glasses or anything yeah so yeah it came on very very suddenly and to solve the issue, you can't wear glasses for it. You have to wear these lenses called sclera lenses, mm. which I'm wearing right now so I can see you. Um, and they go over the whole eye. So they're really hard to get in. Mm. And they're like a hard plastic. So every once in a while, they get dry. So you'll see me like blink to kind of refresh them. So it's a little distracting. Uh, that sounds painful. Is it painful at all? It's really, it's really not pain. It's Okay. It's, it's not painful. At some sometimes it's uncomfortable. Who wants to blink like that all the time? But yeah, yeah. Uh, every once in a while, yeah, I have to like go like that, and yeah. So and wait, it, okay. So you're wearing these uh, for your keratinosis, um, which is why you're blinking, trying to rewater your eyes. But um, something happened to your vision when you don't wear it. What do you see? Yeah. So everything is blurry. It's almost like I'm seeing into two different worlds, and. A lot of times um, in lights, like I'll see like I'll see a light. Um, it could be a light in the house uh, or whatever. And I'll see beans in the light. Like I'll see a Thunderbird or I'll see like a Viking. And he has per- you can see every facial feature. And, you know, you could tell it's a Viking because of the helmet that he's wearing. And mm-hmm. yeah. And like looking at the sun, I see rainbows around the sun and um I see a lot of rainbows. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But to, to function day-to-day life and to drive a car and all that, I have to wear these special lenses. So let me ask you this. Um, have you ever, have you gone on nature walks and seen like portal point, like high energy areas where there's a beam of light that goes up? That's typically a portal I, point. Have you seen that? I have, I have not seen that yet. Have you gone hiking to any of the areas where there's high frequency? Um, yes, I've been to some, some parts of the world. And you didn't, you didn't see it yet? Um, a, 
a lot of times in those particular times, I actually have to wear my contacts because oh. I, I wouldn't be able to walk on the ground. I wouldn't see my footsteps. It'd be, it'd be hard to navigate. But sometimes I can feel it. Like when I went to Sri Lanka, I had an experience where, you know, something had happened at a, at a place of power there and I blanked out and, you know, things happened to me, but time travel and all that. But um, yeah, so someday I might try that, go out into like an area like that and take the contacts out and see what. Yeah, go to like Mount Shasta or um, Sedona, yes. get to a specific where people typically say and you don't have to go to those places all places have a portal point close to it you can use dowsing rods to find to locate the portal points in nature but you go to a portal point make sure you're in that area and then maybe take the contacts off and see what happens see what you see okay i'll try so that. try that try that exercise i've had plenty of clients worldwide uh with my six senses, that's one of the exercises to uh, tune into the earth's um, earth grids to meditate in those porter points and see what they get. And they get very fascinating experiences and they're not, they don't have this extrasensory sixth sense that you had gotten as part of your awakening. So um, that's fascinating. And that's actually very, very common um, to have six senses as part of your awakening. And as you raise your frequency, more and more come in and the ones you have amplify. So let's go to your software companies. Um, what happened to your software company mm -hmm. that got you into this whole Mandela effect, parallel reality research? Yeah. So people like, so my customers are what you would call food distributors. So what they do oh. is they would have a warehouse, usually in a certain part of the country, let's say Houston, Texas, or mm. Los Angeles, and then they would distribute food, usually like maybe a 200 mile radius. They have a fleet of trucks. Some of them just do produce. Some of them do seafood. Some of them like are full line distributors. They, they sell everything. So, and I've been doing that for a long time, like literally almost 30 years. So what would happen is, you know, people were starting to call in saying like, um, your software has a bug. And I'd be like, okay, what's the bug? Um, it took it changed all my Stouffer's stovetop stuffing to craft. And I'd be like, our software wouldn't do anything like that. Or, or it changed all of our Haas avocados, H-A-A-S, to Hass avocados. And I'd be like, that doesn't sound like a bug. So, but then that began to like show me more Mandela effects because mm -hmm. myself and other people were, were remembering things a different way than our software was showing them. And then it got really weird because, you know, you go back and you try to justify it. You like look at the data. So I know in our own data system for demonstrations, we had like Haas avocados because for like 25 years, I've been on the road doing demonstrations of food distributors. And usually one of the line items that I always show happened to be Haas avocados. So I, that was in my face all the time. So I'm like, I'm going to go back to my actual data that I used for Haas avocados and show them that it was actually HAAS. I go back to my actual data, and you know what it says? Mm. Has the way it is now in this timeline. So, so how old? How old was your original presentation that you used for vendors? Oh, it was like literally that data set was from the late late nineties, and I okay. and I I used it for a, for a long time. So. Mm -hmm. What I learned is that when your consciousness moves into another timeline, all the data comes with it. 
So in this timeline, everything that was Haas avocados discovered by Rudolf Haas, his name also changed. He's now, his name is now Rudolf Haas. And all of the data for myself, my own computer systems and our client systems all changed to Haas from Haas. So and that's the way that's the way these Mandela effects work to show us how our reality works. So, so it's all, it all clues. Yeah. So do you think that it changed as you were going into this reality or has it always it seems like it's always been in this reality and then now you're coming into this reality? Which one is it? Yeah. So the, the concept has to do with timelines. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So let's say there's 300 main timeline branches. I'm just making up a number. And as and they're all in different frequency bands. Mm-hmm. So as our consciousness rises, we go to another frequency band. That matches the frequency. Exactly. Okay. So in that okay. frequency or timeline, it was always H-A-S-S. And that's the timeline that we match now. Now, in the future, it could change again. It could be whatever. And sometimes these Mandela effects, actually, they they flip-flop mm-hmm. go back and forth. So people are like, oh, it's a Mandela effect. And then all of a sudden, like three weeks later, it goes back to the way it was before. So that that's a phenomenon that could happen. We call those flip-flops. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a pop quiz, okay, on some of the product changes that your software has picked up. Okay. So uh, let's see what you remember um, it it was for a long time and what it is now for a long time, according to this reality. So what is the competing peanut butter brand to Skippy? It begins with a J as a clue. Yeah, Jeff. Jiff? Jiff slash Jiffy. Yeah, I remember the Jiffy. Yeah, and why do you remember the Jiffy? Um, I the, the commercials and yeah, it's just what, what my memory remembers. Yeah, I actually have a personal story because I do the shopping <laughs> in my okay. household. But for my whole life, it was Jiffy, and as a kid, it, it would always be like Jiffy, Skippy, Jiffy, Skippy, Jiffy, Skippy. Exactly, that, right? that, that's how I would know that they were they were like they were like friends on the the produce aisle. So with my mom would get skippy i would get jiffy you gotta get jiffy so i would sing that song to her and be like jiffy skippy jiffy skippy and so she's like oh yeah okay i'll get jiffy um instead of getting skippy but also um it was like over a decade ago i went to the grocery store and i saw jiff and jiffy on the same um on the aisle on the same uh placement and i was like hmm. hmm and then i was like okay should i get the new one or the one that i am used to jiffy and so i actually i didn't know if i didn't want to buy something that was um that had different ingredients and maybe it was, you know it was a different brand or whatever but but i asked the grocery store stalker what's the deal and he's he just scratches his head he's like i don't know Maybe maybe they're changing their logo or something. I don't know. I just put it up there. I'm like, okay, well, I'll get Jiffy. And that was the last Jiffy I've ever picked up in the grocery store in my life. After that, I never saw Jiffy again. It's always been Jiff. So um, what do you say for people who are like, 
Oh, it's just a logo change because Pepsi changed their logo. Yeah. But the so brand name good, change. Yeah, that's a good point. And brand name changes and name changes, they they happen. That That's definitely a thing. <clears throat> it reminds me, I was on this HBO show the other year called How To With John Wilson. And we were talking about Stouffer Stovetop Stuffing. I actually went to a local grocery store with him. And like how like most people remember Stouffer Stovetop Stuffing. How do you make mm-hmm. up the word Stouffer's with Stovetop Stuffing? You have to have a memory of it. So the man, the store manager was there. She was following us around and she was like, no, Chris, like Kraft bought them out a few years ago. That's why I changed to Kraft. And I was like, no, like since 1990 or whatever the date is, it's always been owned by Kraft. Mm-hmm. But she didn't realize she thought it was just like a, a brand change all of a sudden. But that's not the way it was. But that is how people think. So I just say, do some research. You can find out very quickly how how long a product has been known as Jiffy by just going online. There's different websites you can you can do some research on and, and find all that and see if it was an actual brand or name change or if it wasn't, if it's always been the way it is now in this in this reality. Mm, okay. Here's another one. How do you spell the cereal fruit loops? Yeah, this is a, this is a favorite one of mine. I know how you spell it now which is F-R-O-O-T. But in my old reality, I thought it was like, I always thought they were going to get sued by somebody because it was F-R-U-I-T. And I'm like, unless fruit is a sugar, this is false (laughs) advertising. So yeah, Um, F-R-O-O-T just to me is like, nope, nope. That's, I don't remember it that way. I remember Mm -hmm. fruit. Yeah, same here. I I grew up um, buying fruit, F-R-U-I-T. And when I saw fruit, F R F R O O T fruit. Um, the, the new version, I I thought it was a generic brand. So I didn't buy it. Because oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a generic brand. Because they do that. They, they become a play on words. I'm like, oh, it's a generic brand. So I didn't buy it. And so I've never bought one since the last time I bought one of those. Um, because Because now I'm like, I don't know if it's a generic brand, but there's something funny about that one. I don't want to eat. This is looking really bad for the manufacturers, but it's still good stuff, I guess, for some people. Um, here's another one. How do you spell Febreze? The, yeah. the, the cleaner? I know how I used to spell it with two E's, F-E-B-R-E-E-Z, because it sounds like Febreze. And now it's what? Febreze? Yeah, but they say in the commercials Febreze. Why do they say Febreze when they spell like Febreze? Exactly. F E B R E Z E. But I agree with you. I bought it. I bought it for years, and it's always been Febreze, like the breeze. B R E Z, like the breeze. Exactly. And the commercials have the breeze in it, so it makes exactly. sense. And exactly. so when they, when they, and when it change in this reality to Febreze. I'm like, well, that's weird. But why would they still call it Febreze when it's spelled Febreze? Yeah. And sometimes the global, I'll call it the, the global narrative will do things like that to make it like, to make it more acceptable. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's another one. What is the f- name of the famous pizza pockets that kids eat? It begins with a T. Pizza pockets that kids love to eat. This one I don't know. Bins of a tea. Little pizza pocket keep, squares. Keep, are they? What is it? 
Taquitos? I don't know. Um, it's in this reality, it's Totinos, but okay. in the previous reality that many people grew up getting, and I ate those too, was Tostinos. To- Toast okay. with an S. Tostinos. Now it's Totinos. So they dropped the S. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, how do you spell Captain Crunch? I know. You know, I know how I used to spell it like Captain. C-A-P-T-A-I-N, right? right? That's how I used to spell it. Just like fruit. That's how you spell fruit. Yeah. Yeah. And now and yeah. And now it's a it's like he's not really a captain. It's it's K-A-P apostrophe N. Captain. Captain Crunch. <laughs> yeah, I don't really... know. Is it a better reality or a lower reality? I don't know because the it, it sounds like the English language is, is losing it. <laughs> I think it's a more truthful reality because fruit is not really fruit anymore. It's like more mm, that's true. Like that's... fake. Mm-hmm. He's not really a captain of any boat that I've ever heard of. So captain like is more of like makes more sense. So you well, look that's at a it good way to see. That's a good way to see that. Yeah. Um, good point. Good point. Okay, what is the f- missing? What is missing on the fruit of the loom underwear logo? Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, I'm sure like everyone watching this knows this too. The the cornucopia. Yeah, the the cornucopia, which is a like a a, a basket, a weave basket where the fruit falls out of, that you see on Thanksgiving, and um, they say that what is that's just a local change. Many people say it's just a local change, but if you go back as early as possible, it's, it's still yeah. it's just fruit. It's never had it. And who, who, how could you make up a cornucopia in your mind, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and it's interesting. This particular one, the University of Chicago, this summer, did this visual Mandela effect survey where they took 100 people, tested their memory, and they they one of the things they did was to see what do you remember with whatever it was. And one of the things was the the cornucopia from Fruit of the Loom. So they showed the picture of the way it is now, one with the cornucopia and one with something else. And almost 100 out of 100 picked a cornucopia, but it's never been that way. So, and the result of the study was, we need more studies <laughs> to figure out what's going on with people's memory. So, okay, you know, if they start, if all of a sudden you pop in and you have a brand new spouse, and there's like, you know, like, like in, in, in the sci-fi movies, they pop in, and there's a brand new spouse, and you supposedly have this history of this person, and you're like, I don't remember you, I remember my other spouse. Let me go find my other spouse. These are the makings of a sci-fi movie. What is this? That's that's happening. Um, it gets interesting. Okay, I have a couple more. Okay. Um, what is missing in the depend paper underwear? Yeah, I know. I know this one too. It, for me, it was always depends adult diapers. Yeah, like the depends right? on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it depends. And now it's not that way anymore. Yeah. That it's makes, just, I mean, yeah, it's singular, yeah. right? Depend, depend. Depend. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it looks weird. It's like, how do you, I guess you depend on the, the diaper, but depends. Like it can always depends. Yeah. I, I remember that one as well. Um, okay. How do you spell ready? Whip? This is a good one because this past Thanksgiving at my um, parents' house, my mother brings out Ready Whip, 
and I'm telling her, like, look at the look at the label. Like, how do you remember? How do you remember ready being spelled? And she looks at it and she's like, what? But yeah, like we always remember as being spelled like the word ready, R-E-A-D-Y. And I believe now it's R-E-D-D-I. And how do you spell the whip? Oh, the whip, W-I-P, right? That that's I think that's how it's spelled now, right? Yes. And how and do you remember it's spelled any other way? Yeah, like whip, W H I P. Mm-hmm. And I think this is another sign that we're maybe in a more authentic type of um timeline because again, you know, fake whipped cream, you know, you can't really call it like you can't really have the W H I P for whipped cream or you know, so the abbreviations or the changing of the spelling show that it's like a like a fake fa product. So, oh, that's yeah. a good way of seeing it. That's a good that's a good way of seeing because I'm always asking questions. Did I just pop into a better reality or a lower reality? Like and the way that you're seeing these changes, that's a good way to see it too. Um, yeah. okay. How do you spell whiteout? The yeah, the the eraser, the the paper eraser. Yeah, actually, when I first started my business um, in the 90s, um, we used to use these IBM Selectric uh, typewriters. So, you know, to type out labels or whatever we, we were doing, we used to like buy, buy white out, you know, quite commonly. And mm-hmm. I would see it all the time spelled white, W-H-I-T-E. And now it's W-I-T-E. And it's just it just looks weird. It just looks wrong. <laughs> Yeah. So how do how do you rephrase that is a better version? Is it not real whiteout? And that's why it's wit out. Yeah, maybe it has something to do with mistakes, because um, that's the purpose of that product. But it, it would kind of white things out. Sometimes if you whited things out, you could tilt. You can still kind of see that there was something there before. So it yeah. wasn't a perfect type thing. So that could be part of that one, too. So it, it wasn't a perfect. It's not a perfect whiteout. It's a whiteout. Ah, that's a good way to see, to see that. It, like, so it doesn't. Uh, it does because you're, you're saying that it, these are more authentic. So because it's not true whiteout and, it, and it's not as high quality of whiteout, it's without W-I-T-E-Y out. But yeah. I, I do remember white out like the, they spelled it fully white out. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, okay. So I got a couple more. So Nissan Foods brings back the O, apostrophe O, as part of its 50th anniversary celebration of cup noodles. Is this company rebrand? Is this a company rebranding itself? Adding the, they, they say this about they're bringing back the O in cup O noodles, but it's been cup noodles. I know. What do you so want to say about that one? Yeah. So that one I did a little bit of research on a while ago because at first, all of a sudden, you see cup noodles and it's like, that was never like, a, it was always cup O noodles. And then you read what they say online about it, that it was what it used to be that way before and they took it out. So that one's a little bit confusing. So I mm-hmm. put that to the kind of the questionable column because that company is trying to explain that and perhaps they're correct, but. Regardless, I always remember it always being cup cup o noodles. Mm-hmm. I never remember. I know, and the thing is, I used to buy it too. Like some some of my um, sons like to like to have that. 
So I used to buy it by the case and I would like see it mm-hmm. in the last, like before this change happened for five years, it was always cup O noodles. I go look in the closet and it's cup noodles. So I know I, yeah. I had the same exact way. Now this one is a relatively new one because um, some of these changes were like a decade ago or 10 years ago and the cup O noodles is only a couple years old. So I must, we must be like jumping into different versions of reality quite frequently um, based off of these, these changes. You know, is there, is there any other notable product changes that has always been this way? Supposedly that we remember differently that you want to bring up? Yeah. I mean, there's so many, Uh, one, you know, there's this product called Scotch guard, right? So I have some Mm -hmm. in my closet I go in to pull it out one day and guard is spelled G-A-R-D instead of G-U-A-R-D. I call the Scotch Guard company and uh-huh. I'm like, hey, when did you change this? And they said, sir, it's been that way since like 1952. So so, so sometimes these things kind of annoy you. And so I'm like, I'm going to call the company directly and see what they have to say. So, but there, there's like literally so many of them. And just like the name, like I, Brussels sprouts, you've heard of Brussels sprouts, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. This timeline, it's always been Brussels sprouts like plural plural brussels sprouts i always remember just brussels sprouts mm-hmm. so but there's like so many things uh, uh coca-cola has this product called coke zero mm-hmm. um, it used to be called coke it's never been coke zero in this timeline it's always been coca-cola zero really uh, I- yeah look you can look that one up um that's raisin- that must be relatively new because a couple of years ago i i worked with some people who that was they, they drank it religiously and that was the one that they always took out of the vending machine it was coke zero yeah okay um i'll take like another one like raisin brand we're talking about cereal raisin mm-hmm. brand has like a sun on the box i remember that sun always had sunglasses yeah and, yeah and this timeline he's never had sunglasses so he's not as cool. So what is a sun? <laughs> okay. So so in in your in your premise of understanding of looking at these changes as a higher version because they're more authentic, they're more d- true. How is this the raisin brand sun not having sunglasses because he's so bright? How maybe, is that? Maybe, yeah. Maybe higher. More. Well, sunglasses kind of distort your your vision, right? You need it because you're, ah, oh, it's too bright. You can't see. It helps uh-huh. you see better. Maybe now we're in a timeline where we can start to see better with our own eyes. Like we can see what reality is more authentically is. Oh. So maybe that's, maybe that's the way to look at it. That's a good way to look at it. Okay. And how, how do you see Scotch Guard with a G-A-R-D at a higher version? Like why is this the possibly higher version of reality? Well, was Scotch Guard really protecting your furniture that much, or was it ah. marketing things? So <laughs> it was more, more. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe the G A R D is showing it's not really guarding like we're trying to make it out to be. You, you get some, you know, you spill some red wine on it, and sorry, it didn't guard that one. Yeah, so. that's true. So, so are you saying that in the terms of products in the higher versions of reality, that it must have integrity? If it doesn't have integrity, its name's going to flip to some wonky version that's not true that 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 seems to be the pattern that seems to be the pattern that i'm seeing whether that's 100 percent correct i don't know but that's that's what i'm observing okay because these changes are happening and we have gone through these changes and they've been happening for the last decade maybe more 
and some more recently. So they're constantly, you know, flipping, it's constantly flipping the script, switched on us and the and the script on us. So um, it, it, you know, we're as we're following these and following, basically, we're traveling the multiverse. Some of the best ways. Of, how do you how do you look at this in a positive way? How is this a positive way? So that that is very interesting that that um that you say that the changes are more resonant of um, a higher version of reality because higher versions of reality have more consciousness, they have more light, and they have more integrity. So and more, um, and more, and more truth, even and more truth. What's being exposed mm-hmm. around us, like now with governments and just crazy political systems and big pharma and all that, all that stuff is being revealed. Like we're, Mm -hmm. it's like we're literally entering an age of truth. That's, that's the way I would, I would put it. Oh yes. Yes. I don't think people can handle the truth. (laughs) You can't handle the truth. (laughs) No, you can't handle the truth, (laughs) but you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to wake up one way or another. You got to wake up. Well, some people like a soft wake up. Some people need to shake it, shake up, you know, Um, some people like like the subtle in your dream, like wake up, wake up, you know, and then so everybody's a little bit different. Um, But I actually have, you know, one of the things is what is popular because I I work, I've gone to many restaurants with the kids and you also worked with restaurants. So what is the popular kids restaurant called? It starts with Chucky. Yeah, this one always gets confusing because I've seen it go back and forth. But yeah, Chuck Chuck Y Cheese. Um, I can't yeah, Chucky. Remember. Yeah, Chuck Chucky Cheese, or I can't. You know, actually, I don't remember all the variations to that one. Okay, I'm going to share my screen. All right, so you see my screen? Yes. Okay. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this one is always bringing back this one's flip-flopping and it's still flip-flopping you have people who are like no it's not Chuck E. Cheese's it's Chuck E. Cheese or back and forth back and forth because this one's always flip-flopping so this is a cup that I got from Chuck E. Cheese's with the apostrophe s all right there's you that that that's one of their their cups that you buy when you get a drink I go there all the time with the kids so here's one, and we've obviously used it plenty because it's coloring's coming out a little bit, but you can see Chuck E. Cheeses. All right. Um, that's the that's their cup. You would think they would have their name correct when they brand their merchandise. All right. Okay. Here is their company website, Chuck E. Cheese. No cheeses. Chuckycheese.com. Where a kid can be a kid. That's their company website. Okay. So they obviously haven't changed their name, but some of the merchandise says Chuck E. Cheese's. Okay. Yeah. Here is the one that I go to. Um, and this is in Kent, Washington. Okay. And as you can see here, the internet search has it as Chuck E cheese singular cheese but if you can see on the left the logo on the restaurant says chucky cheeses with the apostrophe s why would the web company website and logo and information online have the wrong name on the front of their restaurant 
Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you like a possibility, possibility for what this could be. Though, th by the way, those neon signs they have on the buildings, they're expensive. They're like $20,000 for one of those neon signs. So they're, they're not going to make a mistake with that. I'll just, I'll put that right out there right now. Um, what you see on the screen, someone could have typed in Chuck E. Cheese because that's the way they remember it. From uh -huh. So that's a, that, that is a possibility. So I well, what about, what about the, uh, the, what about the company website? Yeah, there you go. Why um, would the company website? I mean, because I work in marketing and IT and brand names is a big thing. They want the same messaging. They want the way that the name and the logo is presented the same exact way everywhere in all the franchises. They don't want any misspelling. If you get a dot wrong or you get the wrong font, they will um, they'll exactly. reach out to and to the restaurant or the company location and have them like, you got to change that. It's a big thing um, because I do synchronized marketing all throughout. So why would the company itself have Chuck E. Cheese as its official name, but the restaurant and the merchandise has Chuck E. Cheese's? Yeah. So to me, like I would, I would probably need to investigate this further, even call them and just say what's correct. You know, did, did they actually make a change in the name? Like, is that possible? Um, do we have time, multiple timelines that have converged? Is that possible? Definitely something to look into. Yeah, this is flip flop. And this is this is right now. This, this is there right now that you can buy. This is the website right now. And if you look at all their stuff on their website, that's how they that's how their name is. That is what their name is. This is the outside of the restaurant right now. So somebody is not streamlining the messaging between the corporate office and the franchises. Um, and not just here, but in other places too. You 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 see these um, ironic idiot like like ironic uh, mixed messaging on Chuck E. Cheese's. So there's a big. It seems to be a big um, a duke out for Chuck E. Cheese's. <laughs> everybody's like no i want my i want my kid restaurant to be chuck e cheese's and the corporate's like no chuck e cheese so this one is always flip-flopping you guys so here's another one Tostitos. okay i grew up with the pizza pockets and a lot of people grew up with pizza pockets and it was tostinos t-o-s-t-i-n-o-s -O -O tostinos after the Tostinos family, but they don't have Tostinos in this reality. It's never existed. But they have um, Lay's has a version of chips that they call Tostitos. Okay, that's I thought it was interesting. I was like, well, that's different. But the closest thing to Tostinos is the pizza pocket called Tostinos, T O T I N O S. And the family name has always been Tostinos. Tostinos, just like Bernstein and Bernstein. The family's always been Bernstein for the Bernstein Bears ser book series. And so it's never been Bernstein. Like I remember reading it growing up because I always thought they were Jewish because they had the Steen. Um, but now it's Stain. So you know, you know something interesting about that one? Hmm. I was um I was watching a show with somebody that talks about Mandela effects and he's totally on board with you know what's happening. 
And he's like, I have to make a confession. He's like, for me, it's always been Berenstain. So like, cause that, that's a real popular one, right? Berenst- the Berenstain bears versus the Berenstain bears. And he comes from a reality where it's, he's always been the way it is now. So that gives you another clue about how these timelines work. So if somebody doesn't necessarily see it, like the way you're, the way you're observing it, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that they're wrong. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means that they're from somewhere else and you guys are merging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so in the concept of merging and splitting off of timelines and merging of timelines, or you want to call it reality or however we want to wrap ourselves, our brains around this phenomenon, um, it's not just happening in, in brands, which your company is having to deal with, because I'm sure um, you have a lot of customers at the different grocery stores and restaurants who are going, I want my money back or I want a refund for this amount because you didn't give, give me the, my products and a lot of explaining to do. Um, but I found it funny that in this reality, there never was pizza pockets named Tostinos. Uh, but so instead, there's a play on the name Tostinos for two different brands, Totinos, the pizza pocket, and Tostitos, the tortilla chip. So in how is this a higher version of the older reality where it was one product named Tostinos? You said they were both family names? Yeah. You see, that, that's something that I've been observing as happening too. Um, and that affects, it has to do with DNA lineages. But basically, names- The Totinos are- family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, names of uh, famous people um, have been changing, and actually quite often. Um, One example is there's a famous um, female artist. Her name is Georgia Mm O'Keeffe. And now, if you look at the way she spells her name now, there's like way too many E's in her name, Mm -hmm. O-K-E-E-E-F-E. But that's just one example. But there are examples where people's names have changed and then that always goes back to something has changed in their DNA lineage. And then what I like to do is try to track it back to be like, when did that change in their, in their DNA lineage? And sometimes it goes back to Egypt. Um, sometimes it goes back to different, different types of civilizations where they could have had um, maybe a slightly different parent or some, something had changed as far as that goes, but it's always a clue. Okay. Um, yeah, that's always interesting too, because I have noticed that with some of the people that I have as friends in my life, I had a friend who corrected me on, well, his name had changed to a different version of spelling and I had always known it that version and so has everybody else. But then he corrected me and said, you've always been spelling my name wrong. And so then I corrected that and then years go by and then he tells me, Again, you have my name wrong again. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you, you spelled like this. It was spelled the old way that I knew. So I'm thinking, okay, so I just got a new version of my friend who has a, a, a always had a spelling of his last name to be different. And then years later, it flips and I have the old version of him with the old version of the last name that I had always remembered it to be. So I, I'm seeing a flip-flop in people. And so yeah. have my clients that come to me for six sense consultations um, and quantum hypnosis 
to understand what's happening to their reality because their history is is changing, their family history is changing, um, people in their lives, elements about them are changing as well. So it's not just logo or Bible changes, it's also in people's lives. Everything, geography of the earth, famous art, pop culture. Yeah, so many things are changing to show like what reality is and it's not what we think it is. <laughs> Yeah. So what I have on the screen here is I have um, the 1986 Space Ch Shuttle Challenger. And here's the reason why I bring this up. OK, so here's the crew of the Space Shuttle Challenger. And um, like you said, historical events can change too. I actually have personal experience with this one. And like I said, for whatever reason, we notice these because we have personal experience with them. Um, and you can stick us all into a lie detector test and we will all uh, come out telling the truth that we literally experience these memories and these experiences we talk about. And the lie detector test, no matter how many of these you put on people like us who remember these changes, they all come out that we're telling the truth. That's why they don't, they don't stick us on a lie detector test because you'll have just like the, the survey the university did about... Um, yeah, the visual Mandela effect study. Yeah, yeah. 100, almost 100% all the time. Same thing, same thing. Cornucopia, so, cornucopia, yeah. Cornucopia, yeah, for, for Fruit of, Fruit of the, the Loom. So this, what you see on the screen here for the audio listeners is um, I did a search of the 1986 Space Shuttle Challenger. And the captain is Dick Scobie. He's in the center. And then there's his crew. Now, um, the 1986 Space Shuttle Challenger blew up in the air, um, and it is still remembered that it blew up in the air. Now, it is a big thing in my hometown of Auburn. I, I grew up in Auburn, Washington, and my elementary school is named after Dick Scobie. I went to Dick Scobie Elementary School. Okay. And Every assembly, and they they have they have made a new building. It's a beautiful building, but it, it used to be an old school school. Every assembly, we sing this song. Mission Control, do you read me? <laughs> okay, so every assembly, this is we the, all the kids would sing. Mission Control, do you read? Okay. You know, so and it's a it's a homage to Dick Scobie. Um, of the 1986 Space Shuttle Challenger disaster that blew up in the air. And they named the school after him before it blew up. So it was a big deal when it blew up because it was like nothing ever happens in Auburn, Washington. Okay, nothing ever. It's one of those small towns where we have like dairy gold foods and, you know, and we have farms and um, so nothing ever happens in um, in the small town of Auburn, Washington for a very long time. And so now we have somebody that made it big out of our small town. So it was a big deal. He it, Growing up, he was a big deal in Auburn, Washington, that we had an astronaut representing Auburn, Washington. And he's the captain. So when it blew up, it was a big deal. Um, and so I vividly remember that. Now. Um, some people say that there are these people are still alive and they are looking. You can find those videos. I put it in the show description and you can 
see for yourself. But there are people alive now, age progress, that look almost identical, pretty darn close to these people. And there are claims that these people, it's their family members, siblings, twin, whatever, which is okay, fine. That's one of the claims. However, why would your family member have the same name? Why, why would a parent name two kids the same name? Okay, so that, 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 that's the question about that argument. The other argument, some people say that they're double gangers. You know, there's double, there's double gangers. Um, the gene pool sometimes out of 8 billion people will make similar copies. Uh, and that's fine. And that's totally, that's totally a, a understandable um, thing because you can have people look very similar from different gene pools that, um, that come out. But then why would the name be the same? Okay, why would the name be the same? Um, so that, that's the question about double ganger. The other thing is maybe they're clones. That, that's one of the, the conspiracy theory for why some people look almost exactly like them. Maybe they're clones and they are living another reality, another aspect of their life in the same reality. That's one of the arguments. Another one is... Um, Maybe this is a completely different timeline and the timelines are merging and existing at the same time currently. So there's all these, these options for why there are people who exist now that look like the space shuttle Challenger crew. What are your thoughts on this argument? Yeah, this is a this is a really good one because this one I think illustrates how reality works and then actually brings it up to like another level too because when i look at the akashic records and i see what's what happened in this particular event well first of all like what you're saying like for there's at least uh four of these astronauts where they're they're lookalikes they, they there's currently people that have the same name same birthdays or the day is off by one day so slightly different birthdays and they look exactly the same but they've chosen a different course of life. So right off the bat, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, it's NASA. You know, it's a, um, you know, they, there's no such thing as the, the space shuttle Challenger never actually blew up. They're never actually on board. And then NASA just put them back into society to like live lives. So that that's something that some people say. And it, it is true about NASA. What do they say it stands for? Never a straight answer. Um, so that that's one theory that people have but what what i see in the akashic records is that what happened were some of these astronauts were actually very important people they were what i call founders and there's something called the founder race and people that actually were part of the think of them as part of the design of earth or the solar system or the galaxy depending on how you want to look at the reality and the roles that they played and having some of these astronauts on the timeline made it like a billion times better than it could have been because of their presence here. Um, they were able to do things, their higher selves were able to do things with them on the timeline. So when they were taken out, so when the, when, when this challenger exploded, what I see happened was that 
And this was something that was authorized by Earth. Um, what happened was other timeline versions of them were brought back onto this, onto the timeline that we're on now, so that they could stay here. Because we're this is a very important timeline that we're on. So Earth authorized other timeline versions of them. And that's why if you look at some of their if you look at some of their history, like um, the woman at the top right, her name is Judith Resnick. Um, she actually lives in my area. She is a um, she teaches law at Yale University in New Haven. I'm in Connecticut, and I'm probably about 15, 20 minutes away from Yale University. Her life, she was never in in that old timeline. She was a payload specialist. She was mm-hmm. an astronaut. She had nothing to do with law. Nothing to do with law. So is it possible that there is another timeline branch where she made a different decision in her life? She's like, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a judge. I want to teach law. And you could actually go and see that through the 1970s and part of the 80s, she had a whole legal education. So the woman that's that's that has the same name, I think her birthday is off by one day, looks exactly like her, like an older version of her. There you go. You got her on is the screen. Judith Resnick? Judith Resnick, exactly. The Yale law professor. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Do you have a question? Yeah. So this is the uh-huh. argument. This is the argument, and um, I'm not. We're not disrespecting anybody on the space shuttle Challenger. Full no. respect on that. But we're just trying to understand why is there a Judith Resnick, Yale law professor, lives now, and a Judith Resnick. Who who passed away on the space shuttle Challenger explosion in 1986? And you look at them, pretty darn close, and the same name. Same thing with um, the other female um, crew member, Sharon uh, Krista McAuliffe. There's currently someone living now with the same name that is a Syracuse law professor, and also the same name and a very close lookalike of the law professor that was on the challenger and you remember this is from what is it 20 or so 20 or 30 years ago so their age their age progressed it yeah, looks 30 plus years ago it looks like they they look like the same person and, and if they age progressed them they will look very close to these these two women who are professors and you talk if you ever talk to these two women if you look them up on linkedin they have a full history of their life as professors and their career as professors. And so they were never on the challenger. So are these lives concurrent in the same timeline or. Yeah. I, yeah and actually Dick Scobie is another one because he, uh, I don't know if you're going to bring him up, but he has like a, in this timeline, he's an advertising executive and he, he owned um, an advertising agency in Manhattan, but, but yeah. So, so um yeah. So like what what's going on? Is it possible like if there are different timelines and they were taken off this timeline branch and they weren't supposed to be, is it possible to cut and paste, take them from another timeline branch and put them onto this main timeline branch where they belong? And that's how a lot of this timeline editing and this type of manipulation, I believe, is, is actually happening. Yeah. So we're, you know, and. With all full respect, we don't want people to start, you know, hunting down and trying to 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 
bother these people in their lives. They they are living people and they have their normal lives and they have their normal families and everything else. But, yeah, and they'll think you're crazy. They'll think you're crazy. They'll be like, they'll, I, w- I was always teaching. I was always a law professor. Like I was never. Right. Around. Yeah. And, that, and that's the way their life was. And that is the way their life was. And that is the way their life is. So, um, so yeah, Richard Scobie, CEO of Cows and Trees, LTD, has always right. had this life as a normal civilian. He was never Francis Richard Scobie, the commander of the Challenger, even though they look spitting image of each other and they and the same name. Are they are they related? Are they all related? And they just happen to have the same name. Michael J. Smith, professor of Emirates, has the same exact name and looks pretty darn close to Michael J. Smith, the pilot of the Challenger from 30 years yeah. ago. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Exactly. Okay, these are living people and they have real lives. So don't bother them. Have Give them full respect. But we're just trying to figure out, you know, there was the argument, well, they're all related. Okay, well, they're related. Ronald McNair, the mission specialist of the Challenger, um, it has a different name than Carl McNair, who is the brother of Ronald McNair. Okay, no problem. They're related. One person is in relation. These other people are not related, but they have the same name and they look like the Challenger members. Yeah. So, so you say, what's your definitive, what do you see in the Kasha records for, for, for this again? You say yeah, it's they're, because they're... they got inserted? Yeah, there are other there are other timeline versions of these people. That's why their names are a little bit different. Maybe their parents decided I'm going to name them this. I'm going to, first name Francis, middle name Richard in one timeline, and the other timeline he's just Richard by himself, or whatever it is. But yeah, literally other timeline versions of them that are now that have been placed into the reality that we're experiencing now. Mm, mm, okay. And, and and I'll go one step further. I think this could happen to us. In other words, there could be experiences that we have because how like I feel that timelines are merging. People might come up to us and tell us about things that they said we did that we have no idea what they're talking about. I've had that happen to me. Have you had that happen? Yes. I've had that happen in college. Let me tell my experience. I had that happen in college um, about 25 years ago at the University of Washington. I was walking down the street for lunch and a group of um, college boys came up to me and I was going into the hot dog um, restaurant and they came up and they, and they called me by a different name. And I, and I said, what are you talking about? And they're like, you know, I, I suppose they look exactly like the new girlfriend of their friend that they've hung out with. And she's, she's a great gal too. And they enjoy hanging out with her. Um, but they, they thought I was, joking with them and I said no and they, they said no and they, they looked at me and I said listen do you see a mole between the eyes on her does she have a mole between the eyes because I, I have one and they said no she doesn't and I said well it's a different person and they they flipped out and they had to take a picture with me they took a picture of me a little celebrity they called their friend and said oh my god we found your girlfriend's double ganger <laughs> all these right. different things but this also happened to somebody that I dated and he, whenever he would go to Southern California and he, he likes to go to sports bars, he would get people just giving him drinks and, 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 and just being friendly to him. Well, he ended up finding out because some people came up to him that there's supposedly 
somebody that looks exactly like him that hangs out with them at during the sport, sporting events. And they couldn't tell a difference. So what was your story with this supposed double ganger experience? Yeah, so what what'll make this more interesting is if all of a sudden like you're the, the people that saw you that said you look like the girlfriend if they went back to their friend and he like has a completely different girlfriend or he doesn't have a girlfriend at all at the time because that's kind of like what the experiences that we're talking about because i had an experience um a few months ago where i was in i went to spain and i was with someone and you know she started talking to me and after a while she's like i'm a little bit insulted you like you don't remember who i am chris and i'm like no and she was telling me about a restaurant that i owned or worked at in los angeles and how i give her and her family the best table and i we always had a fun conversation and i'd be like i don't know what you're talking about but she seemed to know me and my name but that wasn't <laughs> i'm like i haven't been to los angeles in like 20 years mm-hmm. so, yeah so it's those are the types of things so, so now i wonder if that restaurant is still open if she went back to it if like it would be something completely different she'd be like where's chris now and they'd be like there's no chris that works here so yeah so those those are the types of things too where they don't exist anymore like you you're now the main focus in the timeline see this has happened uh, i've i had it happen in college i also had it happen when i went to um i went to maui on a vacation many many years ago and um about yeah but 16, 17 years ago. But anyway, I went to Maui and I, I went to the opening of this new um, Japanese sushi restaurant and um, there was a huge line, but they they saw me and I was going to get on the, on the wait list and then just kind of go to the casino and hang out for two hours until they um, called us. And um, they immediately put me on the list and they said, oh, hi, you know, we're expecting you to put me on the list. I'm like, okay. And then... Um, they gave us like the best seat. I'm like, okay, this is beautiful, and um, you know, they did wonderful service. The um, the owner came by and served us our drinks and was chit chatting. And they're and they're like, how do you how do you feel about the restaurant? They're like, I'm gonna give a really great review, and they're like, oh, that's good. You can check out the bathroom. I went to check out the bathroom. I said, oh, the bathrooms are beautiful. And when I was saying I was gonna check out, give them a good review, I was gonna give them a good Yelp review as a customer. And they said, well, just Yelp? And I was like, well, yeah, that's where I'm Yelp and TripAdvisor. That's where I put reviews for my vacations. And they're like, you're vacationing? And they're like, and I'm like, what? who do you think I am? They're like, you're the you're the, um, the the number one restaurant reviewer in Hawaii. And I'm like, oh? oh. And they're like, yes, we read your reviews. All the restaurants read your reviews. Everybody knows you. They recognize you. And I'm like, really? I'm like, well. Let me show you my driver's license. They couldn't tell the difference. They read this woman's reviews. She reviews all the restaurants. What she says goes for what the, the best new restaurant is in Hawaii. And um, I showed them my driver's license. And they're like, Washington? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a native to Washington. I'm on a vacation. <laughs> I work in IT. They're like, oh, my God, you look just like her. And, then, and they, of course, they had to take a picture <laughs> and all of that so they can, like, um, tell the woman when she actually does come to review them, if they do, that they got a review from her double ganger. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know if it's the same person from my college, but um, I'd That'd like to fun, know. Right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost like use that to your advantage. Let's like, go along with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you guys come across that, please take pictures and evidence and show it to the original person that you think this person that you came across looks like, and and then do a side by side and 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 take a video because we I haven't seen that where they they show the here's your lookalike walking around with like real you see it with celebrities. Okay, so here's the last image that I wanted to show you of flip-flops or changes, okay? So historic events can change too, even real-time ones, such as how to spell the name of the current Ukrainian president. Now, what you see on the screen is me catching the switch over, okay? Um, So I have been watching this unfolding of the Ukrainian-Russia war. As an observer, I don't get too caught up in into to it, but as an observer, and I observed one day that the name of the president changed to two Y's, and I saw your interview where you mentioned this as well. So then I knew, oh, it wasn't just me that was noticing that. So I went online and I did a search. So this is a screenshot of the online results. And as you can see, president.gov.ua is the official website for the president of Ukraine. The official website. You would think that they would know how to spell their own president's name on their official country website. But here's what I noticed. 12 hours earlier on the official website, it was Zelensky with one Y. And then hours later, three hours um, nine hours later, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, nine hours later, it changed on their official website to Zelens Sky with two Y's at the end. Why do you think that's happening? It was yeah. it. Were they always spelling his name wrong this whole time? Yeah, that that one's really interesting because I've I've also seen it spelled S K S K Y and S K I. I've seen different alterations of the name and you and from from different journalistic you know whatever sites that are talking about him. So why are there different like name spellings? Well, the global narrative will tell you it's because you know he it's a Russian one maybe one way is a Russian version of it, maybe one way is a Ukrainian version of it and they're both and they're both different. Which like to me if if I was this guy I'd be like like it's two Y's, guys. Don't mess it up anymore. I want it to be two Y. I don't want. I don't want the singular Y anymore. So to me, is like, is it possible? Like, this is a possibility, just for for people to think about. Is it possible that there's well, I there's a concept called timeline editing, where you can take those that are in control of things, so to speak, part of the global narrative, that have the ability to do this and manipulate events. Is it possible that there's different versions of this individual that they timeline edit and based upon the results, because maybe these two different spellings have a little bit different personalities or they've done things a little bit differently in their history. So lately I've seen it spelled a lot with just SKY. I, I Lately I haven't seen the SKYY, um, but it does appear both ways. So again, is it you know, is it just a, they can't spell the guy's name right? Or one is one way to say it in one country, another way to say it in another. So these are, these are some things for you to think about, but I like going more on 
think about this possibility because I think the whole thing with timeline editing and timeline insertions is a real thing and, and is really happening. Okay. So, um, yeah, because, okay, so that's just, it, it's the same argument as, well, maybe they changed the logos on the brands and that's why your company is not keeping up. Maybe they changed the logos. Maybe they just rebranded themselves. So all the mainstream news, CNN, BBC, et cetera, as you see on the screen, has his last name spelled with the Y. Okay, let's just say, and and throw my bone, that these news sites worldwide misspelled it wrong. It, it, it was all speed YY, no problem. But the official website for the country don't know how to spell their president's name this whole time? Yeah. All the way leading from 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 his early roots to leading up to his election to him being the president of Ukraine, they didn't know how to spell his name this whole time. That that's very questionable. Exactly. And they don't have a reason for why they don't know how to spell. Do you know how to spell Biden, who's the current president? <laughs> Do you know how to spell Kennedy? I mean, how can you not know how to spell your own president's name this whole time? So um, it's really hard to use that. Uh, well, we made a mistake in how we spell the name. There's a lot of different versions. It's totally okay. I have never heard that as an excuse for not knowing how to spell your own um, president's name. Yeah, I think there's a lot of manipulation going on with the timelines. Yeah. So here's a, here's another one too. Uh, Wikipedia, there's two eyes, and that's when, and then before that on his website again it was one Y. So, and you guys can see all these Washington Post, NBC News, France 24, they have it as one Y. Same thing with the capital city. The capital city, the name changed as well. It's from K-Y-I-V to K-I-E-V. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. and I, I've been to Kiev before. I went you to have. Kiev, I think, in 2002. And it was it, it was always K I E V. Now the thing is, is like this is another one too that you, you can't real. Th th there's an, an explanation for it. The Ukrainian way is they say is K Y I V, but I was there, and you know I bought all these books about Kiev. I wanted to like know like the city and mapping and all that. I didn't see any spelling anywhere of the K Y I V. It was always K I E V. Even my airplane tickets said that as well. But what the global narrative says to explain this one is that it's just one is the Russian spelling and one is the Ukrainian spelling. And the K-Y-I-V is the Ukrainian version. And they say the K-I-E-V is the is the Russian version. And by, by the way, too, when I went to when I went to Ukraine, nobody speaks Ukraine. <laughs> they all speak mm. Russian. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they literally like no one like well, we don't speak that. So well, the USSR used to be, you know, the Soviet Union. So, um, so but I, I find that even more. Fa this is a, one that is more fascinating is that when it comes to these changes, uh, what we call Mandela effects or shifting parallel realities, reality shifts, whatever we want to call it, people have personal experience that that contradict what they are, are seeing now like you have a personal experience of going to the city of kiev ukraine yourself and seeing all over the place they spelled it k-i-e-v and and yet now they're saying that it's always been k-y-i-v and it is how you spell our capital 
city name. And that's what is that the Ukrainian version, KYIV? Or is that the Russian version? Uh, the KY the KYIV is the Ukrainian version. So if that if, if the KYIV mm-hmm. is the Ukrainian version of how they spell their capital city, then why wouldn't they spell it correctly in Ukraine when you went there to visit it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I can't really I can't defend it's that. like it's like it's like our capital city of the United States is Washington, DC. Okay. If it changed to a different spelling, why would they say it's always been Washington DC spelled this way? But then when people go to Washington DC, they see a different version of the spelling of the city all over the place. Okay, so yeah. it completely contradicts. Now I had when I was watching the news coverage of the war, I saw it as KIEV for a very long time until recently. Now it changed to KYIV, and it's supposedly like that. They say that's how it's always been. That's how the Ukrainians spell their capital city. Even right here in um, the government website, KYIVcity.gov.ua, which is the official website. For the capital and largest city of Ukraine, that's their 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 city website. Don't you think the city website knows how to spell their own city? Exactly. And then what's the, what's the history of it? How long has it been spelled K Y I V? If you do research and it's been that way since 1990, then we got a problem. Because so. that's not what you saw when you were there. I never, I never, like when I first saw the KYIV, I'm like, is that a new city in Ukraine? Like, it sounds like Kiev, but. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, that's interesting. A couple of things. Do you have any remembrance of when actress uh, Betty White passed away? Did she pass? Was it recently uh, or a long time ago? Yeah. So, yeah, Mandela, effect people call that dead and alive again. Is that what they call it? Yeah. They swear someone had died at a certain time, like maybe five or six years ago. And all of a sudden you hear about their funeral again. Um, Like what the Mandela effect is named after, right? Nelson Mandela. People. Yeah. Did he, how did he die? And how did you remember he died? Yeah. And I have a vivid memory of that because I believe the year it was late eighties, I believe it was 89. And back then when it happened, I was um, doing a project and I was staying at a hotel and back then, you know, before the internet, they had all the news newspaper racks in front of it. And all the newspaper racks were about his death and riots, you know, in South Africa and all that. So I vividly remember that. And then to find out later, like, you know, 2013 is like, he didn't die until then. I was like, what, that guy died a long time ago. So I said the Mandela effect, you know, was named after because a lot of people have that shared memory about him dying, dying in prison. Yeah, so. yeah. See, when I was a kid, I was a kid in the 80s, so I didn't I didn't pay attention to um, current affairs. But I remember him when he passed away in the in like around 20, 2012, 2013 area area um, as the president of South Africa, the president. Yes. But I have friends who um, remember growing up and seeing that he died in prison um, and they watched it with their parents. It was a big deal for their parents. And so, um, yeah, that 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 also the same thing happened with Pastor Billy Graham. Billy Graham, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. So he passed a couple of years ago, but many people remember. Do you remember when he passed away in your 
recall? I don't, I don't remember the years, but I, I remember him passing away. Uh, there's a comedian named Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. In 2010, he died of a heart attack, and then he recently just died. So, yeah, that happens. That happens a lot. Uh, Bob yeah. Dole was a, pre- a vice president at one point. Mm-hmm. Reagan, President Reagan Dole was. I remember him dying a long time ago in the early 2000s, and he he just died. Uh, maybe a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, yeah. He's like a hundred years old. I'm like, oh my god, the guy, he's old. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Before that, he had actually prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. So I remember the whole story. So yeah, this this happened me, very very commonly. Me too. I I remember the same thing with Bob Doe and with Pastor Billy Graham. I remember. He, I know he passed away a couple of years ago. I remember he passed away many many years earlier because I was at a, a drugstore, uh, a Bartell Drugs up here in Washington and I was reading a Time magazine article of him and he was on the cover of Time magazine and it was recalling his life and I sat there wa- reading it in the aisle and then to find out he's still around and then all of a sudden he died again I was like what the heck is going on it's, it's the same person same thing with the conservationist Jane Goodall yeah exactly she she died a long time ago and but she's still alive actually she's still alive she's still alive and she's still doing stuff yeah she's still working with the with the chimps yeah exactly okay yeah so she's still doing conservation which is great because i remember many years ago um everybody on twitter everybody on facebook was um paying their respects to her life as the conservationists working with chimps with monkeys exactly. and they it was all over the place and then all of a sudden she's still around they're like wait a minute what happened? What happened there? Um, and she's and she's still doing stuff. So in your perspective, this is a higher version of reality, a more truthful version. These people living longer, obviously, is better than had they left sooner or, or earlier. Yeah, definitely better for them and their their higher self that they live longer. Yeah. Yeah. So your awakening into shifting parallel realities got you interested in learning and reading the Akashic Records. So in this next line of questions, let's tap into your opinion from the vantage point of the Akashic Records. And uh, this is one of the six senses that you tuned into. So it seems that the mainstream media is pushing a huge PR campaign to fearmonger people into behaving a certain way to make it easier to institute certain governances. What are your thoughts on the growing sentiment that these psyops are being pushed on the masses to manifest a sem- seemingly fabricated reality? This is one of the questions that people in this community have about reality. Yeah, exactly. What is reality? How is it created? What are all the different future timeline potentials? Is there something called an artificial t- artificial timelines they're trying to pull in? Why are they manifesting all of this fear? You know, we've all been living through this since 2020, right? We had the fear of like, you know. Panty, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, exactly. There's recently been fear about World War III and this fear. And it's like they're pulling every fear out of of their bag of tricks that they can to keep people in a lower state of consciousness. Because I really feel like there is a splitting bifurcation of the timelines. I believe that there's one timeline that goes going to the age of, chaos i'll call it another one that's going to the age of truth and authenticity and the golden timeline so it's in some people's or some people some of the controllers interests to keep people on a lower frequency to be more controlled and then there's another thing where like there's going to be a great awakening we're actually going to be awakening to what reality is what this i'll call it dream is that we're dreaming and we're all co-creating together 
And once we get to that hundredth monkey effect, because you probably heard of that term hundredth monkey, mm-hmm. as soon as we get to that tipping point where the consciousness begins to understand how we're being manipulated and what reality is or what it could be, that that's going to change everything because then you can't get control over anyone anymore. You can't give them fear. You can't tell them what to do because people like uh, start to understand things on another level. And to me, no matter how you look at it, we're like living at probably one of the, well, the worst of times and the best of times, right? Mm. But, But definitely the best of times because we're like at a crossroads. So I believe that there are some that are trying to manipulate things down one road and then and others that were no no we're not going there we're going up there so yeah so that that's how i think and they're, they're like i said who knows what's going to happen till the end of the year or even a little bit into the future but i think where there's going to be some craziness still of course but i think going forward like in 2023 things are going to start to to change in, in a good right. in, a, in a good way for a lot of people like us and your audience that are on this path Right. So as things get chaotic and they will continue to get chaotic as, like you say, Chris, uh, the energies are so high that integrity and truth keeps bubbling up and and, and more and more gets revealed because there's just no way to keep it at those low frequencies um, because reality is shifting to higher and higher versions of reality. So if you are at this point of consciousness for everyone who is not at this point of consciousness, it is even more important that you stand calm and strong in the midst of the chaos going around because other people who aren't at this level of consciousness will look around and uh, see, you know, kind of like going through a storm, like where is the light? Where is the light? Where is the lighthouse? Where is, you know, and they'll be looking. So you standing strong and calm and collective and prepared uh, as things go nutty around you and people act in panic and scarcity and and in fear and and all the different ways that people act when they don't know what what is happening um they'll be looking around for that lighthouse so you can be that lighthouse okay that's why we have lighthouses i live by two (laughs) so um Okay, so Mandela effect are, are soft nudging to wake us up. Now, in Buddhism, we call this budding sixth sense traveling between the multiverse as an awakening. And we call people who learn how to create physical reality through their consciousness ascended masters. So, aka people who have gained mastery of reality by setting their frequency to earn domi- to earn dominion over their reality. So, I've been observing the ascension of Earth and its people my whole life. What's different from the master teachers of the past in Buddhist canon, such as Yeshua ben Yosef, Miriam Magdala, um, Siddhartha Gautama, Shakyamuni, Kuan Yin, Bodhisattva, etc. What's different is that if this is happening on a massive scale of these type of people who are observant of, of reality and then manipulating reality based on, on um what they want to experience instead of what's being projected. So why do you think this is happening? Use your six senses with Akashic record readings of why this is happening in scale. Yeah, it's part of like the, what people have been calling the great awakening. So it's, it's happening in scale. And if you look at things like 
the Schumann resonance, right? Which is like how much the earth is like literally vibrating. Mm-hmm. If you look at the sun and you look at the uh, coronal mass ejections and solar flares. And a lot of people like were like when they look at the sun and there's a solar flare, even if it's not earth directed, the radiation is still coming in, mm-hmm. which is information basically. Mm-hmm. Or information is coming in from the galactic central sun and other suns like the, we're being bombarded with cosmic rays right now. There, there are so many things that are happening that are actually changing things that for the most part, people are going to, they might try to stay asleep, but that alarm clock is going to get louder and louder and louder. So until those that are ready for it, you know, can actually begin to wake up. And I say, everyone has a different wake up date. And if you try to wake someone up before their wake up date, um, usually doesn't go go good for them or for you. Mm-hmm. But when their wake up date hits, and a lot of people are past their wake up date, they should have woken up already. Um, it's going to be like a very interesting experience, and I think the world is just going to get crazier and crazier. So it's going to like force people to wake up. That yeah. with all the things that are happening within our bodies and DNA and upgrading and all those types of things are all, all having an impact in in all this. Like yeah. never before, like never before in human history. Yeah. And we're all observing it in real time together because of the internet. Otherwise it would just be isolated to like, what are you hearing in your hometown? Um, maybe you have somebody from a different town come by and pass information on what's happening in their town. So, um, but you know, the internet really allows everybody to communicate in real time in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, the but, thing. That's what I add right too, but they still try to censor it. Like they do. They, or they try to, like, if you believe in, like, if you can see Mandela effects, they say that you're misremembering or you're confabulating. They try to make it seem like you're crazy. So that's a, that's another thing to look out for, too. Even though we have this mass communication, which is definitely helping, global narrative doesn't want us to know about these things and tries to keep it away from people. just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, yeah. I've had other, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily go into um, who is trying to manipulate reality to keep us in lower consciousness. And keep keep many everybody else from waking up and realizing that they have dominion over reality and they can create from within their consciousness, um, be a higher version of them and travel the multiverse to higher versions of reality. So we're not going to necessarily go into the conversation, but I've had other episodes that go into that conversation of who are the controllers, and we can speculate on that one as well. But it doesn't really matter, I think, who they are, who are the controllers, what how how deep the rabbit hole goes. What matters is that you realize the um the game and now you're awake within the game and now you can navigate the elements within this reality um more fluidly and more consciously to create the experience that you want to experience in this reality that's what matters is 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 your sojourn not the boogeyman psyops that's going on around you to try to keep you stunted in your spiritual growth um speaking of spiritual growth What's also different is that the Toku people were few in history, but it seems that these ancient alien soul incarnates and also incarnates from source are more abundant now. Um, so in Buddhism, Toku is an ancient word for starseeds. And um, we've had Toku people come in through the monasteries to learn about metaphysics, consciousness, and energy healing, and basically to learn about reality and shifting the multiverse for a very long time. 
like I said earlier, Yeshua Ben Yosef was one of the toku um, that we were told by source to find and bring into the monasteries to teach him everything that we knew so that he can um, pass the mystery schools in Egypt and his exams. Um, we've also had many others like Kuan Yin um, and Miriam and Magdala and Siddhartha Gautama. So many, the list goes on and on and on. But that's not as much compared to the abundance of these people coming in, their kids, their young adults. Why, why do you think this is happening? Why are we having all of a sudden alien star seed reincarnation? Yeah, right. Who's the aliens, right? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, you just get past lives of Earth life. You get past lives, like you said earlier, of different planets like Debaron. Yeah, I'm sure that everyone listening to your show actually has pa- pretty, almost guaranteed past lives outside of Earth. Like this, this is not our first go around, you know, with with lives having here. Well, it's, Earth is a pit stop, you know. Yeah, however, however you want to describe it. But when it comes to like these Tolku kids, I, I first want to say I want to give a shout out to the moms because the way I see reality too, like the mom, the mothers of these children are very important. Because the way I see reality in this kind of virtual reality game, however you want to describe it, experience we're having, um, there's there's different groups of people. There's what I call the the player characters, and then there's the non-player characters, the NPCs. Mm-hmm. And the way the way that that I see the reality works is that only a mother that's a player character can only have a child that's a player, will have a child that's a player character. It's possible they may not, but chances are they they will. But a mother that's a non-player character will never have will never have a player character. And it's these player characters, these special children, some of them are what you, we call elite player characters. They're very special. And they're coming in now because now is the time. They might have looked at all of Earth's history and being like, I'm not coming, I'm not coming there and during the Black Plague. I'm not coming there, you know, in the 1800s, that wasn't the right time for me. But now is like the right time because the frequency is high enough. They want to shine their light. They want to help ignite other people's light. And that's what we're all, that's what we're all doing. Like, so you're, you're shining your light. I'm working on shining mine. Your audience is shining their light. We're igniting other people's lights. So I think now is like the, the perfect timing for these kids to start to make their appearance. That's going to shape our future to, to the one that we want. Right, right. So um, one question I have about the player moms and the NPC moms. Um, so did, did this just start happening? Because I obviously am one of these incarnates. I come from source. Um, in this, all the Buddhist monks growing up said that I am a life planner, kind of like uh, when you go on vacation, you go to a travel agent to pick out your excursions, what you want to do, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So, if you, so if you want to go... Um, snorkel if you want to go deep sea diving you're going to need certain equipment to have a better experience rather than just snorkeling gear okay, okay. so and so all these in buddhism all these lives that we have are just sojourns they're kind of like vacations in the blimp of our existence we we, we go off and we have these lives um and have these experiences that we many of these critical experiences we plan we plan some life lessons we plan some growth we plan some blah 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 blah, whatever however you want to plan your sojourn but um that's what i've been told 
from so many senior monks growing up in so many different uh, monasteries. And they always ask, can you tell me what was in my chart? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm just a kid. So <laughs> at the time, I've obviously I've grown into my work and, and things have um, have have played into um, kind of going into this work. But obviously, I'm a player mom. I have player kids in this line of video game thought. My mother is an NPC. I know she I know she's an NPC because I test her on things and she doesn't she doesn't want to acknowledge it or she just kind of does that kind of like if you get you find a loophole in a video game, the video game kind of does okay. You know, that's a that's a a moment of freak out and then it just kind of changes subject and goes on to something else. It won't talk about that. So especially okay. with these Mandela effects, I've quizzed her and it's it, she just freezes. What do you want to say about people like that? There's another category called sleeping player characters. Oh, okay. Where they could actually be a, a player character, but they've been so ingrained into this world and the programming of this world that they're fast asleep. They can wake up. They can wake up. Or maybe in this lifetime, they won't wake up. But in, in the next one, they will. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that's another concept too and there are still a lot of there are there's are still many sleeping player characters that are about to wake up so mm. yeah so don't don't i'd say don't rule anyone out because that's that that's the way i i see it so i just want to give you that that particular angle to that situation yeah yeah i i like that um that's that's that, that's definitely something that i'm always kind of like Wondering about the NPCs versus the players, and and are they part of the in the same family and not in the same family? Because it seems like the the, the children or the young adults um, are player characters. Some aren't, and then it seems like their parents are NPCs or, like you say, sleeping players. So we'll see how that how that evolves. Um, the thing also is the way you talk about the value of moms, it seems, and this is just my perception, it seems there is a, um, so I don't know if it's an agenda, but a reframing of what a mom is, what a family is, how to raise kids, um, you know, what, what gender they want to be. It, it just seems like the, that the, there's, there's a lot of confusion that's being thrown. Mm -hmm. Um, so why 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 do you what why does why do you think that is happening? What element does that have in in these yeah. toku and raising these toku? Yeah, so there is definitely a lot of gender confusion going on. And for myself, like I it's hard for me to wrap my head around it. Like I respect people that, you know, feel that whatever their orientation is, whatever. But yeah, is it another way that people are being confused just to understand, you know, what they may actually be <clears throat> or to make a decision about themselves when they're too young to make that decision, like gender altering surgeries and those types of things that are being pushed. And then you, you look at, you know, I, I was talking about how important the moms are and, 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 and the females are as far as player characters go. You look at countries like China. Mm-hmm. They have created a atmosphere where girls are not a good thing. You want to have a boy. So so they've created like a situation where these all these extra males, and then perhaps that 
weeds out possible more player characters so they could have more of a country filled with NPCs, which are literally more obedient. Um, NPCs can be more easily controlled. Fear will get an NPC, like no problem. You know, NPCs, mm-hmm. they're told. Mm-hmm. So th- there's all these different aspects to, to look at what's going on in, in the world. So yeah, I yeah. I don't know if I have the best answer to that, but those are just my, my observations. Yeah. You know, the, the, the point of the Macabre Chakras podcast is to ask these questions that I never hear anybody ask or answer um, so that we can understand what is going on in reality and how can we traverse it to have the best experience while we're in this sojourn. That's basically it. So as many different perspectives as possible is completely allowed and welcome. Um, okay. I, I know we have a couple more questions. Can you, are you starting to fade on me? Love. <laughs> so in Buddhism and Hindu folklores, they touch on some galactic history, such as the ancient star seed continent of Mu, or otherwise known as Lemuria, which split off into many other civilizations. Many say that Atlantis, the folklore of Atlantis, split off from Lemuria. However, all of our megaliths and holy pyramids point to the origin planets of Sirius, Orion, Arcturus, Andromeda, the Pleiades, and maybe some others. And they're mostly blue people that's represented like in with Vishnu, with Brahman, they're blue skin. Okay. And then over time, they have children and they become just dark instead of blue. So the, the melatonin kicks in instead of the blue skin because they're blue from the planet and the atmosphere that they originally are from. That's the theory as to why these ancient ascended masters are blue skin. So um, what are you finding in your research about this anomaly? About blue blue skin? About blue skin um, ascended masters of ancient times going all the way back to the lost continent of Lemuria, which in Hawaii is not a lost continent or a folklore. It's real story of their history. Yeah. So I believe that there's a lot of things in history that have been obviously hidden from us. Modern archaeologists wouldn't agree. Like the say human civilization is like 10 or 12,000 years old and that's it. I believe it goes much, much, much further than that. There have been other like apocalypses that have happened before. Mm-hmm. Hear about the stories about the great floods and all these different cultures have their own flood story, whether it's Noah or Gilgamesh or whatever. I was just watching this show um, on Netflix called called Ancient Apocalypse mm-hmm. with Graham Hancock. And I just saw the first couple of episodes, but basically talking about that, that that same type of concept where these these civilizations are much older and much more advanced mm-hmm. than what, what modern archaeology will say. So there's a big history there. There's a big history with Lemuria, with Atlantis. Mm-hmm. I believe Atlantis was even a spacefaring race. They actually were able to leave Earth. And Atlantis wasn't just one place on the Earth. Atlantis was really that civilization and it consisted of different islands and territories i believe there were three apocalypses of atlantis one that concerned antarctica another one that was happened in what we call the sahara desert now Mm -hmm. and the third one happened in the bermuda triangle area um 
and in one of my videos I talk about that I go into that a little bit so there, there's a lot that I believe that is going to start to be revealed new discoveries made um yeah th there's going to be so much coming into as, a, as as an age of truth right there's going to be so much that's going to be revealed that oh maybe we didn't know like maybe they didn't teach us the right history or maybe mm -hmm. there was a civilization called the tartarians a lot of people have been in cover covering like the tartarian empire like what was that and the tartarian empire the way i see it in the akashic records was an offshoot of atlantis like the Mayans were an offshoot of Atlantis. Ancient Egypt was an offshoot of Atlantis. Gobekli Tepe in Turkey was an offshoot of Atlantis. Um, so there's all these different civilizations that sprang from other civilizations, even in like uh, the King Arthur story, the Pendragon family, I believe mm -hmm. they were from Atlantis. So and where's King Arthur now? Like that whole, all, it's all like myth and lore. Wouldn't that be something if that started to phase into our timeline where there's more evidence that such a time did exist and there was Camelot and there was King Arthur and there was lost continents like Hyperborea and the list goes on and on. So, right, right, right. Yeah. You know, I'm, I am a fan of archaeology. I, I almost went to the University of Arizona to study archaeology until I found out it's mostly bookkeeping. But um <laughs> But anyways, I, yeah, boring, but I love archaeology um, because of, you know, Indiana Jones um, and the Last Crusade and all of that movie series. But anyways, I, the, the fascinating thing about all these ancient civilizations that go all the way back and what I notice are two themes. What is the life lesson that we can take from these the civilizations that are no longer are here? And one is that these civilizations, much of their knowledge was not passed to their children and the children's children and carried on to today. So there's lost knowledge. So the lesson that I always get, as wonderful as these civilizations are, and there are clues to some of the technology and some of the remnants that we can pick from the civilization, the one thing I take from them is that, one, we should learn from these civilizations to pass our knowledge to the children and not censor or suppress any information and keep it keep those records and continue to pass it down um, through a story through other ways over and over again so that in the future they still have a lot of the critical information that's going to help them and um, that they're going to value so instead of talking about our civilization and our time like a folklore or a loss continent of north america the lost civilization of the united states you know whatever the folklore is it is actual real history that they remember because it was passed down from generation to generation um so that's what i learned about studying all these archaeology the other thing i learned about studying all these archaeology that i take out of it and that i remind people is that um these civilizations perish because of feuding they let their ego and the greed take the best of them and they took each other out one way or another. And so we should always learn that lesson of not letting greed and ego take the best of us and start competing and basically taking each other out like World War Three, for example. So because otherwise we're just going to be a folklore to future generations. Okay, so that's that's the lessons that I get from that. And a lot of Buddhists speculate that the future of humanity becomes like the Star Trek character Q, you know, Q. 
So who he comes from an advanced civilization of higher dimensional beings who are like ascended masters who bilocate and manifest anything on command. However, the character Q from Star Trek was assigned to study humans to see how they exceed their Q civilization. So if you watch that series, he, he didn't want that job that all the other people in his community to study humans because humans at some point in their existence exceed the capabilities of the Q civilization. Now, there are many folklores about the battle between light and dark, higher and lower beings, etc. Humanity is fragile and we can exceed our potential or we can self-destruct. What is it about humanity, in your opinion, that all these interdimensional beings of the multiverse are interested in? I mean, we read the Kasha records. What is it about us that they're so interested in? Yeah, I believe it has to do with a lot of what you said. I'll call it becoming a galactic citizen. So is it possible that hidden within our DNA, if we're born on Earth, if we're children of Earth, and a lot of times, you know, they try to abduct people and try to manipulate things. They don't have to go through the whole earth experience. Is it possible that there could be a metamorphosis that happens? Is it possible that right now we're the caterpillar that could become the butterfly? And we're going through that, that stage right now. Is it possible we could go from a carbon-based um, existence, carbon-based atom, to a crystalline existence? And the carbon-based atom literally has 666, six neutrons, protons, um, and uh, electrons. Mm -hmm. Is it possible we could go to 616? And that's that's a possibility. So I believe like that is what it's all about. But you have to go through the whole experience. You can't just like steal it. And I think that's what some of these other types of civilizations are trying to do. Um, because humans mm. have this very unique potential to grow into something more than we have than we've never seen before. And again, I think now is the is the time that this metamorphosis is going to begin to happen in one way or another. Mm. Very good point. Um, I love talking to you, Chris. You're wonderful to talk to. Can you leave people with a last message for the the people who are of fifth dimensional and higher consciousness here on earth. And for those who want to be, what's the last message you want to leave with them? Um, basically stay strong. There's going to be things happening around us, even in our personal lives. We might have to experience traumas or things that reliving things. And it's all part of getting us like ready to go to the next stage. You know, keep, keep your, your vibrations as high as possible remember that this is going to sound strange, but you're always being observed. We have an audience. It's almost kind of like the Truman show. So <laughs> if, if you remember that, that people and your in your soul family and your star family are observing you to see like how you're going to react to this situation or how you're going to react to that situation. Are you going to get angry? You know, and it's okay if you get angry, just get over it. You know, you don't, don't stay angry, you know, just let, let things go. Um, and that's how, that's one of the reasons how I was able to start my journey too. I, these big somatic releases, this is going back like five, around five years ago when I started like waking up, these things are happening in my life. And I was on the floor crying and couldn't get over this or that, but it allowed, it allowed me to clean some stuff out. So let it out. And just like, just remember that there's, 
there is literally a light at the end of the tunnel and we're getting closer to it. Don't, don't give up. I love that. Well, Chris, thank you for offering your lifetime, making sure grocers and restaurants get the correct product codes in whatever yeah. reality they exist in. Absolutely. So for, for more information about NECS and Mr. Chris Anatra's offerings, go to quantumbusinessman.com. And thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. Namaste. Namaste. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.